0: Andrew Giuliani wants to be the next governor of New York.
1: Andrew Giuliani. I shouldn't fumble your last name because that's key here, Andrew. It's not that, Andrew. On the Red Apple Podcast Network, here's Andrew Giuliani. (laughs) Now, my next guest with me is somebody who I have talked about time and time again over the last six months, ever since seeing The Sound of Freedom, which I have said, it's not just one of the best movies of the summer, not just one of the most important movies of the year or of the decade, but really one of the most important movies in cinematic history. So, former CIA agent, 12 years as a special agent for the Department of Homeland Security, and the founder and CEO of of Operation Underground Railroad. Now he's a senior advisor for the Spear Foundation, most recently played by Jim Caviezel in the box office hit, The Sound of Freedom, based on the true story of his life. Welcome, Tim Ballard. Tim, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Andrew. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Well, thank you very much for taking the time. And I know you literally just got out of a hearing with the House Homeland Security Committee. Then I, I looked at your opening statement that you submitted for the record, and in that you said, among many other things and many other great facts, you said, a child can be sold up to 20 times per day, six days a week for 10 years or even longer if they are trafficked as a toddler or an infant. How did our members of Congress react to that horrifying statement of fact and others?
0: I think, you know, all of them are good enough people. They don't want, they don't want children to be hurt in this way. Where where I was shocked is the minute you tell them why this is happening, what the horrific trafficking experience begins with, which is which is the current administration's border policies. Now they don't want to talk; they freeze up. I I think hardly anyone on the Democrat side even asked me a question. I'm like, come on, let's talk about this, you know, um, because it's very clear, it's very obvious. It's it's as obvious as two plus two equals four. That when you let a child into this country, which we know is is, is you know, one of the most prolific in terms of consuming child sex material in the world. When a child comes in, an unaccompanied minor, and they're released to whoever claims to be the sponsor. Uh, and now, now we've missed, we're missing 85,000 of those children as young as five years old Amazing. over the last two years. That's a crisis. But they don't want to say that the border is, the policies are off for the most part. They want to pretend that it's something else or or, or deflect with, some, with another issue. So it was a little frustrating, to be honest with you. Uh, Tim, the I'm... answers are clear. Yeah. The solutions are clear, but they don't want to say that the policies are wrong.
1: That's absolutely... It's it is. It's so discouraging, especially considering, I'm sure, from your perspective, when you think of everything in your life that you have done to fight for this. And, you know, red and blue doesn't matter for you. It's it's a matter of, of these kids. And I assume that's why also there was such resistance in making this film, which I've seen detailed and, and so much of the legacy media has detailed. Uh, some of the resistance in making this film is, is that why there's been such resistance to this film? I think by some of the legacy media outlets. I think absolutely.
0: You know, when we did the operation in 2014, that's in the film on the Island, all those, all those legacy media outlets reported glowingly about it. They were very happy that we had done this, you know, eight years later with the movie coming out, the story didn't change. They changed the culture changed. And all of a sudden, Children are, are, are politicized, and border enforcement is politicized. It never was before. I worked on that border. I was there for 10 years as a special agent under both the Bush and Obama administrations, and both were equally uh, fervent about, about rescuing children and, and border enforcement. It wasn't a thing. All of a sudden, this is a political thing, and children are, are, are coming out on the short end of the stick when it comes to policy and politics. Uh, and it's, it's, it's devastating what's happening.
1: Yeah, well, look, when I think of fighting for our children's freedoms, it, there should be absolutely nothing partisan about it. And I have to tell you, even though maybe you've gotten this reaction from the left side of the aisle, maybe from the legacy media outlets, it sounds like the people have an overwhelmingly different reaction because the fact that a $14 million movie is now, I checked it today, and maybe my numbers are wrong, but the most recent numbers I've seen is that The Sound of Freedom is over $210 million at the box office. What does that tell you?
0: It tells me that the people want to have this conversation. They're tired of being lied to. They're tired of our children being abused by horrific policy, both on the federal and state level. They're tired of this really pedophile agenda where the same outlets, they're telling you that this movie's is QAnon or, or somehow bad. And then, of course, they're lying. Uh, but they're the same outlets. that are trying to change the name pedophile to minor attractive person. Yeah. So we have a we have a big problem on our hands w- with protecting children. And I really believe that the reason the legacy media lie about Sound of Freedom is because they don't want to have a conversation. But the people are overruling with their box office tickets as proof that they want to hear the story. They want to have the conversation. And I think our kids are going to be rescued. I think I think we're going to have success because the people are speaking. And fortunately in this country, the voice of the people still has, has sway. So I, I I think it's a good day. It's a good day for the children of America.
1: Well, that was actually a question I was going to ask you a little later, potentially uh, about minor attracted persons and how it seems like there's a rebranding or a softening of the image of pedophiles by calling them maps where does this come from uh, i mean because to me that that has nothing to do even if you go into the specifics of the minor attracted persons that has nothing to do with the border policies which forget about whether it's red or blue if it's hurting our children it should be changed but this minor attracted persons this is definitely not a red or blue thing so where is that coming from
0: it's coming you know it's interesting it's, it's the craziest thing because I, i've been hunting pedophiles for 20 years almost. Yeah. And they have agendas. They have platforms. Some have political parties like in Europe. Uh, we took down a whole pedophile ring that's a political party out of Holland last year. And what they're promoting is all the leftist agendas. Like they're promoting to sexualize children, give them, give them more material under the, under the guise of sex ed. And it's happening. They're, these kids in, in public schools are getting pornographic material, which makes their minds sexualized. They're, pedophiles have been pushing for decades that kids should be able to consent to anything and all things including they should have the right to vote at 12. And they so they love this whole thing where the kid gets to choose to have, have dangerous surgeries on their body because that means that if kids can consent to something that outrageous, well, their sexualized minds could allow them to want to have sex with an adult someday. Yeah. And so the pedophiles are sitting back going, this is amazing. And now throw in that we're not even bad guys anymore. We're called minor attractive persons. Add us to the LGBTQ movement and we're normalized. And so, and I, and I really do believe that the sound of freedom, though it's a movie, it doesn't touch those topics. It's, it's, it's forcing the conversation about the plight of children altogether. So when you put it all together with the missing children at the border and you start seeing, OK, there's an agenda that we have to fight and the people are rising up and fighting.
1: Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50 percent of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org. Yeah, absolutely. And I have to tell you, I I know you testified to the House, but earlier this week, Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana actually read during a Senate hearing some of the graphic material That's been put in our children's books recently. It is amazing. And and I've looked at it this way as a father of of a 21 month old daughter. uh, If somebody who is a Democrat comes and brings a solution that is going to make my child's life, her quality of life, better, safer, I am willing to hear that. And I want to make her life better. I'm not coming at this from a Republican or a Democrat perspective. I want to do what's best for our kids. how do we get back there, at least in the House, where we can get beyond the red and the blue of this and just look at actually the welfare of our children and say, you know,
0: we, something needs to be done? I think the people need to get louder and louder and louder. They need to speak at the ballot box because I watch the Democrats. I think they want the best for children, too. And they're put in this position where they're being forced to have to criticize what is a horrific policy that they're that the administration they support. Is, is peddling, and kids are getting hurt. And they, they're they not, for the most part, they're not willing to cross that line yet. They're not willing to say, yeah Secretary Mayorkas really is complicit, and he, what he's doing is actually aiding and abetting uh, trafficking networks. I'm not saying he's willfully doing it. I'm not saying he's colluding directly, but I am saying that his ignorant policies are making him complicit. And I just wish they could cross that line. I think the voice of the people have to get louder and louder, and hopefully we'll start seeing Then he'll move on the other side a little bit.
1: Yeah. You know, when I worked in the White House under President Trump, one of my main focuses for the first couple of years was actually the opioid uh, crisis and the opioid epidemic. And to see actually how there was actually a little bit of progress done by 2019, 2020, we saw actually a 17 percent reduction. And now that has gone up. Uh, I think we've set record highs each of the last two years, so it's not just children that are being trafficked as terrible as it is. You're seeing it with over, over uh, with overdoses. I, I mean, so much of it has to do with this. But you know, w- when I saw this movie, I have to tell you, Tim, for me, and uh, I'm not the biggest emotional guy, but by the opening credits, I was fighting back tears. That's how emotional. This movie was. I'm sure you've struck many people's hearts over the last, you know, dozens of years. Far before this movie actually ended up, uh, ended up coming to, to the theaters. What are what are the next projects you're planning here?
0: So I'm working on something called the Spear Fund right now, which is a fund that is allowing us to get resources, deploy them rapidly to continue the rescue efforts that you see in the film. We've we've rescued uh, the organizations that I've worked with have rescued thousands of children. I've worked with several different ones. And we're going to continue that. And we're going to continue being a face, being a voice for the voiceless. Uh, we'll hope, hope to get some policy changes out here with the SECURE Act under Chris Smith. It's going to do a lot to, to resolve some of this border crisis. We're going to fight the fight this way. I can no longer uh, do operations thanks to Sound of Freedom. Those days are done for me, but there, there's certainly a lot to, to still do.
1: Well, only a couple more questions. I know you got to get going and you've been uh, extremely generous with your time. But look, I've thought a lot about forgiveness recently and the role it plays in my faith. But I have to tell you, there is no room in my mind for forgiveness for anyone who willfully harms a child and anyone who plays a role in their sexual exploitation. Now, I know that you're a man of faith. Even Jim Caviezel played you at your behest. And in this movie, lines like, when God tells you what to do, you cannot hesitate and God's children are not for sale really struck me. How do you reconcile your Christian faith and the lessons of forgiveness? When you see these animals, I would say possessed animals who put these kids into what's hell on earth.
0: You know, it's, it's one of these things where theoretically I know I'm supposed to, and I, I'm not there yet. I'm not a good enough person. I can't get there. I'm I've actually tried. I've sat with these guys for, for years. I've looked into their eyes. I've, And there's something almost not human there. If you don't believe in spiritual warfare, go talk to a child trafficker and you'll see that there's something beyond flesh and bone that are a game here. And it's hard. I I need to, I need to work on on that forgiveness. I've had to watch thousands of hours of children being abused, young children, five, six, three years old, and have to watch it and analyze and, and, and write reports for the courts. And it's so devastating that we are, we are fighting a demonic war. And that's what this is. And, and, you know, that's why I am a person of faith. I wouldn't be able to do this without my faith because we call on God and his angels to protect these children and to lead us to them
1: yeah well look just one final thing here for the audience you know this movie i've seen as as a call to action as a way to as great as this movie was and the success of this is i think the legacy of this is how can you save more children how can you actually do that so what is the call to action what can people who have watched this movie who like me ended up walking out of that theater saying i need to do more in my life what can we do
0: so I would I would recommend and ask people to go to thespearfund.org. That's, that's the foundation that that I'm consulting for and helping to build. Because what it does is it it, it actually contracts out or, or sends grants to all organizations. We're basically a clearinghouse of vet, we vet, and we send the resources to the, whoever the best rescue and rehabilitation group would be for any particular case or child. So please, please go to thespearfund.org and help us out.
1: Well, Tim Ballard, thank you so much for the time that you've given us. And thank you very much for everything that you've done for not just America's kids, but for our kids all around the world. Um, God bless you, my friend.
0: Thank you so much, Andrew. Appreciate it.